0: Welcome to Crittercast podcast episode 42. Yes, here's a fun fact about the critter we're talking about today. Oh boy. Today. I love them. Okay.
1: I don't know that it that narrows it down for you is at it, all. Is it is it one
0: <laughs> we have talked about before cuz no. it can't be sloths.
1: No. No, no, no. It's not. We've never talked about this critter. But it's episode 42 of Crittercast, like you said, and we're taking a request from superfan Erica.
0: That also doesn't narrow it down. Whatever. It's oh, good enough. Sh- shoot.
1: They're going to enjoy it. No. Stay tuned. No. It's Cass- Cassie and Karina and we're at it again. Sharing cool facts about our animal friends. We make stupid jokes and we laugh a lot. But we also like to learn, so give us a shot. We'll talk about snails and we squeeze teeth. Or gush about our love of manatees. We'll tell you why owls are so scared.
0: So we are not talking about my least favorite animal, right? Get out of here. There, I don't understand. You and your problem with squirrels. No, we're not
1: talking about squirrels they today. They
0: are terrifying. And also, thank you, because I would need time to build up my emotional resilience. They
1: are not terrifying. <sighs> Literally, I posted the cutest photo of a squirrel on Facebook this week, and you were not scared of it.
0: I was scared. I thought you it was a not. zombie puppy. You were not scared was of it. Terrified. It's an adorable baby
1: squirrel. So what are we talking about? Today, we are talking about... You have no guesses? No, it's I not have squirrels. no guesses. It's not squirrels. It is a recent suggestion from superfan Erica. No guesses? No. We are talking about raccoons. Oh, fun! I love raccoons. Oh, awesome! I love them so much for so many reasons. They are cool. And there's there's really not like... I mean uh, right some people will say there are things not to love about them garbage but pandas. I love them so much uh-huh, so that's what we're doing today. okay, great. their common name, of course, is trash panda. raccoon oh. or North American raccoon, oh. because there are seven other subspecies in the, or not subspecies, but seven other species in the family, okay, but what we think of when we think of raccoons is the North American raccoon, okay, their Latin name is. Boy, <laughs> Procyon <laughs> Lotor.
0: That sounds good. Also, why do we do this to ourselves? I don't know. I have Every no idea. episode.
1: For once, they are definitely mammals, and I literally <gasps> wrote Yay. my notes. Phew!
0: Hallelujah! Fewf.
1: Oh, I'd also like to just back backtrack a little bit and say that I had fun with subtitles for sections in my notes this oh, episode. Yeah? This one, not so much. This is just the basic section.
0: Okay, but I had fair. some
1: fun in other sections. Oh boy.
0: Are you going to post your notes so we can see your no. exciting titles? No.
1: I'll just wow. read them out to you guys. Okay.
0: Um
1: the so in down going back to to the basics here. Yeah. These these raccoons, these North American raccoons. raccoons are surprisingly or not surprisingly native to North America. Oh
0: my goodness. Like you would never Accurately guess. Accurately named.
1: Specifically, they originally lived in the continental US mm-hmm. anywhere they could find food, water, and cover. Nice. So Forests, wetlands, eventually suburb cities. As we've seen warmer climates, mm-hmm. they have expanded into southern Canada and as far south as, as Panama as well.
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: Mostly in the continental U.S., but in those areas as well. Yeah. Um, they are closely related to... What do you think raccoons are closely related to?
0: Marsupials. They are not. Mm. Possums. Wait. I already said marsupials. <laughs> um Gosh, I don't know. They're an interesting little th- right? group of animals. I could see an argument for dogs. I could see an argument for cats. But You'd then I could also see an argument accounts. for like like squirrels and rodents, but definitely not. Yeah, they are not rodents at all. I have no idea what are they? So What's they are in to? a
1: genus and a family that it also includes Coatis, olingos oh, and okay. kinkajous. Oh okay. Sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. So they I mean they are carnivorous mammals so as if you're looking at like a ta- taxonomy chart even though they are not carnivorous they're classified as carnivores. Wait, what? Mm. Maybe once upon a time they were carnivorous. They're okay. not anymore. They're
0: not carnivorous? No. Th- because they're omnivorous. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cuz they're smart. They wanted to diversify their assets, you know, do what you got to do, yeah, but yeah so
1: they're they 're closely related to these other types of similarly seen animals in other areas of the world, okay, okay, doing cool things. They are small to medium in size and bulkier than other mem- members of this family. All right. Because when you think, like, if you know what a koati or a kinkajou looks like, they are, like, slim, slender animals with these, like, long tails and long bodies. And then you think of raccoon and they're kind of these little poofs. So they're usually 16 to 28 inches in length. Mm-hmm. And they range anywhere from 11 to 57 pounds. I'm sorry.
0: These are the North American ones? Yeah. These are like your, your common standard raccoon. 57 pounds? hmm That's like the top end range. Males are bigger than females, as usual. 57 pounds. five yes. seven. Yes. This is quite surprising to me. I always thought that they were a, a little bit bigger than cats, but not hugely bigger than cats. But 57, that's what I think of as like a medium to large dog. Yeah,
1: I mean, a medium dog, for sure. Like, it's not, like, a big dog. But, But like,
0: 60-ish is where I start thinking about, oh, yeah, that's kind of big dog. Yeah,
1: they're definitely closer to dog, like, your average dog size than cat size. Wow. Um, Because even, like, the smallest ones are bigger than your average house cat. Dang. Okay. Uh, But, fifty. I mean, 50, that's the extreme, you know? Right, right, right. That's Um, not the norm. But still, it's pretty big. Pretty crazy. That's very big. They are mostly gray in color, and they have a really thick undercoat to keep them warm in all the winters. Sure, you know certain parts of the they United are States well get adapted. very cold. Yes, we don't know what that feels like here <laughs> in Northern California. True. But
0: not in our part ring. of Northern California. No.
1: Even when it's cold, it's not really cold. Nope. You know,
0: uh,
1: they are obviously known for that black bandit mask yes. on their face, their fluffy ringed tail, which has anywhere from five to seven rings. Oh, not that that matters. Okay. But it just does. Yeah. Um, and their extremely dexterous little mitten hands that are so cute. They and are very cute. super sensitive to texture. So they have like a really developed oh. sense of touch. That's cool. Like much more than us and our weird little calloused hands. Huh. I know. They're little slender,
0: mitteny hands. Is that an adaptation that's helpful for them for like... Food scavenging. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: It makes them very good at scavenging. Does
0: that make it hard for them to, to travel though? Do they have calluses on there?
1: No, they mostly walk on their hind legs. Like they'll use their front legs... When they need to move around. But they can walk, trot, or run on their hind legs. What? They can climb and stuff, but.
0: So wait, when they're. Karina. Yes. I want you to know that you are already totally changing the way I have thought about <laughs> raccoons. I had an image in my mind of raccoons. And I have seen a good number of raccoons. Yes, yeah. And I had an image in my mind of like fluffy, slightly bigger than cat size really freaking cute, smart, but also kind of mischievous and, like, don't let your cats out around them. Yeah. Um,
1: think of... So the way they the way that they move, think of it kind of like a, like a chimpanzee or an ape where they, they will use their front hands for, like, balance and when moving around and stuff, but they are totally capable of just walking on their back legs.
0: Oh, my... I've seen them sitting, uh, like, up on their back legs and doing stuff with mm-hmm. their front paws, but I don't think I've ever... Seeing them move that yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. Well, usually when I was seeing them, I was seeing them on my back porch when I was right, you know, at home visiting my folks or when I was growing up because that's they would come up to the door. Yeah, where we had the cat food on the other side of the back porch, and they'd be like, "Hey, give me that cat food." Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. They're weird little things. Why?
0: With their tiny little hands. I gotta admit, I'm a They're little. They're actually freaked. not that small, but it's I a love little them. freaky.
1: I don't really see that. Okay, good. They're also known for, unfortunately, being nocturnal pests, but we will get into that sure. in a different subsection of the notes. Okay. They are super smarty pants, and yeah. they if they come across a problem and they figure out a solution, they can remember the solution to that problem for up to three years. Wait, what? Without, like, repeating it. So if you think about it, if, it's, oh a, if it's a problem they come across frequently, they'll just never forget because right. it just stays fresh in their sure. memory. Sure.
0: So this is like when, when you have a, um, a trash container out,
1: mm-hmm. if
0: they figured out how to open one trash container and yeah. other trash containers open that same way, yep, they're not going to have to figure it out every single time. No.
1: They might, you know, oh. might be like a second where they're like, wait a minute, which one was this? Right, right. But yeah, it's going to be real wow. speedy for them to figure it out.
0: I knew they were little survivors, but I didn't realize how smart they were.
1: They're very intelligent. That's really cool. Oh, yeah. They're super smart. Sadly, you say survivors. They are, Though they are physically capable of living up into their teens, we see them living in captivity in zoos and right. in homes, unfortunately, um, up to their mid to late teens, sometimes even their early 20s. In the wild, their average lifespan is closer to five years.
0: That's not surprising to me at all. I
1: know. It's because people suck, mostly. Like, they are susceptible to disease, which is a whole other right. thing. But Predators? Like, predators, too. Cars. But it's mostly people. Yeah, mostly. Is it
0: intentional? Sometimes. Is it, like, and poisoning? And,
1: act- and accidents it, as well. Yeah. It's both. It's a fair mix. Speaking of, though, predators, my next section is titled Predators and Prey, which then just made me think of this little song that i learned in junior high which i think i've sung on this podcast before
0: oh i don't think i've ever heard it i think you should sing it right now no go sing it
1: predators and prey producers and dk are in the food chain food chain i don't remember the rest of it and i'm pretty sure i've sung this on the show before yeah you totally have i just
0: wanted to hear it again
1: (laughs) anyway predators and prey they, these guys, they prey on because they're omnivorous scavengers. Right. And like our friends, the blue tongue skinks, which we talked about in our last right. episode, they are incredibly opportunistic, so they're going to get into whatever they can. Some of their favorites, of course, are insects like grasshoppers, little reptiles. They like nuts and berries. They love corn. That's a big problem for a lot of people. They love corn. And that's
0: a problem because they get into the cornfields, the crops. Yeah, they get into, like,
1: crops, full-on crops. And they will also eat small rodents. And they particularly love, like, bird eggs or little nestlings in the nest. Oh, well, sure.
0: Easy prey and tasty protein. Exactly. Um, And, of course,
1: what they are arguably most famous for even though it doesn't actually make up the majority of their diet they also love to get into trash do
0: they eat um
1: fish yeah certainly do
0: they fish
1: mm, i mean they use their hands okay so it's it's commonly mistaken that they like wash their food before right. they eat it because they're always seen like putting quote unquote putting stuff in the water but yeah. actually that's not accurate at all and a lot of times they're just scavenging around not only for fish but like insects and oh, amphibians and frogs and sure, stuff in that the makes water sense. yeah they will eat any of that oh okay yeah all right. they do not wash their hands or wash their <laughs> food
0: <laughs> their food i like okay.
1: there was one article that in in smarter terminology sassy uh, was all sassy and like they salivate just fine they don't need to moisten their food before they eat uh-huh uh-huh People are just dumb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. I mean, that's kind of a rude thing, but whatever. <laughs> um, so that's what they eat, of course. And they have predators aside from people. They sure. can be predated on by larger mammals like coyotes right? or fisher cats or bobcats or red foxes. Okay. And of course, our good old friend, the great horned owl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Murder birds. Yep. That's right. Yeah, they would happily. And mostly it's the young ones that they get
0: at because sure.
1: I don't think a great horned owl could take on a full on 50 pound raccoon.
0: Hey, I'm not I, willing uh, to place any bets uh, <laughs> against any owl ever.
1: I'm not saying they wouldn't try. No. But, you know, but mostly they're going after the youngins, the weighins. The weighins. The weigh-ins. Uh-huh. I really like dairy girls. Okay. <laughs> Ugh. But honestly they're they're literally little trash cans yeah. they will eat they'll give anything a try and that can get them into trouble right but also it's helped them survive and adapt to yeah live among all the urbanization of their
0: habitat which right. sucks but they learn to deal with it right as best they could it, i think they're pretty impressive with how adaptable they are and the fact that they're Able to increase their yeah. diet choices and able to learn and problem solve. That's just
1: And in a couple incredible. hundred years, they haven't had to like physiologically adapt. They're just smart and were able to right. adapt their
0: behaviors right.
1: to match along with what they needed to for, as their environment changed. Right. Which I always think is really interesting because it, it is obviously very interesting to look at animals who have physiologically evolved right. over mm-hmm. hundreds and thousands of years to, to keep up with things and to survive as a species. But I really just love looking at like individuals who just generation by generation right. will have behavioral adaptions. Yeah. Adaptations, adaptions, mm-hmm. adaptations. adaptations. Which, yeah. Whatever.
0: And it's really cool. There's an intersection of science that looks at the ways that genetics influences behavioral adaptations. Mm-hmm. That's, I think that's Epigenetics. That's what my brother works sure. on. And it's like super crazy smart stuff that I don't fully understand. But also it's really interesting because yeah. you, you look at an animal like this and you're like, okay, wait, if the if the adults are problem solving, how can their offspring can then... Like, use that learned memory problem-solving behavior. And it's Mm -hmm. not like the memory gets passed down or they have to, like, even reinvent the wheel. But sometimes there are, like, genetic predispositions to behaviors that work in their favor. Yeah. And then those survive more because those animals have been able to figure stuff out. It's just crazy cool.
1: Evolution is weird. Right? Genetics are weird. This is thankfully not a podcast on genetics, yeah. so we're going to keep it a little lighter today. I'm as sorry, we, I'm just
0: geeking out. Okay, as we talk
1: about raccoons, um, my next my next subtitle is where it starts to get super fun, in which we talk about the private lives of raccoons. Yay, aka their social structure. Yes, which I had to think about for a second. Yeah, because like I, you know, there's that really famous children's book that is um, the Kissing Hand. And it's a mom and her little baby and she just keeps, it's a mom raccoon and she's got a little baby and she keeps a kiss in her hand for her little baby. Like it's a whole sweet kid's story. So I had to think about that for a second. And while that's not like super far off from the truth, it's a little misleading because raccoons are solitary animals. They're living that hashtag single life all year long, except for, of course... During mating During and breeding, breeding season. season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So breeding usually runs a little bit earlier than you would think of for seasonal breeders. It starts around January and, like, will go all the way through June. Okay. And the males, they might choose, like, a, a female to hang around with at the start mm-hmm. for a little bit. Uh-huh. But they will mate with They're multiple females. They're yeah. opportunistic. Per season. And other than mating, they all just do their own thing. Like gotcha. they don't hang out with each other. They are, they have their own little spaces. They don't necessarily stick to a particular categ- like territory and oh, like really? defend it because they're opportunistic right, they're, yeah. and they're scavengers, yeah. but they don't intermingle. Okay. So they have their own burrows, their own dens that they live mm-hmm. in and they don't share. Like they can be in the same general area. If
0: there's like plentiful food around. So they would live in condos, but they wouldn't be roommates. Mm,
1: I would say that they would like be
0: the equivalent of like
1: human rural farmland where they have like a little space from each other, you know, like they don't want to live when their neighbors can hear their activity.
0: Understandable. I don't think we all appreciate that at all. (laughs) Mr. (laughs) Upstairs neighbor who is playing loud bass music right now. Thank you. Oh my God.
1: (sighs) Um females when they uh when they become with raccoon babies, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> when when the males have successfully mated uh-huh. with them, the gestation is about 2 months, sometimes a little okay. bit more than that. So yeah. like the specific range I think was like 60 to 73 days. Okay, which is like 2 months. Um and then they will have a litter because a litter is a name for any group of animals that is live birth and is multiple. As opposed to, you know, a single calf or a single child or kid when you have a litter. That's just a general term. They will have anywhere from three to seven offspring. Okay. Yeah. Usually on average three to four, but sometimes it could be more, sometimes it could be less. Yeah. Um, And the babies, the moms actually have really strong nurturing instinct. So they will take care of their little babies. Uh They nurse them for about two months and then they'll become weaned. So very similar to like puppies and kittens. Um, But they'll take care of them for like a full year because they want to get them through their first winter. Wow. And they'll live in the den in the burrow with their mom for Uh that first year. And then they'll go off on their own and do their own So
0: what you're telling me is that compared to kittens basically raccoon babies are millennials <laughs> right they just sometimes need to stay with their family a little hey, bit extra long
1: excuse the world you. is hard like, the world is hard okay they just need a little extra protection and even then they may only live another couple years so their moms are doing what they can
0: hey shout out respect raccoon moms they're, they're hashtag respect their raccoon moms.
1: okay yeah and, they, and, it's and really, they're single like, moms
0: Obviously, They're doing all the parenting oh, themselves. Yeah, no, the dads have split. They
1: are long gone. Long gone. Long gone before the babies are even born. Yeah. It's not their job. They don't take care of them.
0: All right. Well, they're less necessary anyway.
1: Oh, uh, whatever. <laughs> um They they will. And part of the reason that they're able to like take care of their babies for so long uh-huh. is because once they're weaned, they can start scavenging and hunting and eating on their own. And they do go dormant during the winter. Now, oh. they don't do like a... Full on brumation or hibernation where they like literally pass out and go into a torpor. Exactly. But they will just have like really low activity, spend a lot more time sleeping. They'll bulk up on their body weight. They literally will try to double their spring weight before winter in preparation. They could just live off that fat
0: storage. Yeah. So
1: I wonder if that's where the average weight range comes into play. That makes sense. Where like a 57 pound raccoon is like ready for winter.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like right at the very beginning right
1: but half of that is still like a 30 pound animal you know it's still a large it's still bigger than a cat yes (laughs) but uh, please
0: please be bigger than most cats oh my gosh there would be a giant cat that'd be a very unhealthy cat or just or a mancoon, coon right Their
1: dormant period in the winter can be as short as a few days to oh. as long as a few months. Depending on the Exactly. Depending weather, on how the... extreme the cold temperatures are in sure. their particular environment. Here in Northern California, they probably don't go dormant at all. Maybe a day or two. Yeah. But probably not at all because there just isn't, isn't a strong need for it. Yeah, um, their, their communication with each other and their body language is... Eh... Like, okay. not really defined. So they, they <laughs> there's one article that mentions they have anal scent glands and other scent glands around their body, like uh-huh. cats and so dogs. So they can
0: mark and leave scent but traces. But they don't use them Wait, what? <laughs> for communication. Oh, okay. So it's just something they still have as an evolutionary remnant, but it's not...
1: They haven't gone as far as to say that. Okay, they're like they could use them for something, but not that we've been able to right, see right. clearly. Like okay. we don't clearly see them. So We're missing marking. out on the secret internal territorial anal scent gland
0: ex- lives ex- of raccoons. Exactly. Which thank you. That's okay. So
1: when they run into each other, when whether it's during breeding season or they just happen to run into each other, yeah. they rely heavily on like posturing and body language okay. to watch each other and be like, mm, mm-hmm. you know, who's gonna back off in this? Which direction are you right. gonna go? They're not super confrontational with each other. Okay. They're not looking to pick a fight when they run into each other because, again, they're not defending territory. Mostly, it's kind of just like, a, "Am I going to go right? Are you going to go right, right? right?" Or you know that kind of thing.
0: Neither of us are here to fight, but also I got to put up a good front, though.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And they will. They do have like a you know a diverse range of potential vocalizations that they can use. Okay. For the most part, young young raccoons will use like purrs and chirps to like have distress signals for their for their, for their moms to call for
0: their moms mm-hmm. or yeah
1: and then if and if an adult raccoon is feeling particularly aggressive or showing aggressive behaviors yeah. they can like hiss and growl and do okay. kind of all that standard mammal yeah yeah. Vocabulary. Posturing vocabulary. Exactly. They're uh-huh. like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> <laughs> so
0: literally the sound Bell exactly made like last night to ask to be picked up onto the couch.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> exactly. That's 100%. Tinkerbell, are you a raccoon? Oh, no. Oh, no. She you are get kind into of a trash, trash panda. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my goodness. Tinky the raccoon. Are you a raccoon? Just like. No,
0: get oh out of here. a raucous raccoon.
1: Oh, my gosh. So we, that's kind of like a, a good little mid-subsection mid, uh, mid subsection break. We okay. have two, two other categories cool. and then, of course, our usual updates. Yeah. So this is the point in the episode in which we will insert our promo Woohoo! for the episode. I love
0: promos. Do you
1: love true crime? history and mysterious happenings every week on the cult of domesticity a guest and i discuss a different historical happening a true crime story or whatever strikes our fancy join me Courtney, every thursday to hear some fascinating tales from some fascinating people wherever you listen to podcasts back into the raccoon raccoon why can't (laughs) i Say, why can't I say raccoon today? Raccoon. Raccoon. Oh my God. Back into the raccoon world. Yeah. Today. You know why? Because I kept seeing everywhere. They were like, oh, also just called coons. And I was like, not in this part of the United States. Right. Yes. In some parts of the United States, they are still just commonly called coons. Yes. We don't do that here. No. Thankfully. No. It's just weird. <laughs> like. Yes. Not going to do it. No. And also now has some weird
0: Connotations that go along with it. So we're just not even going to... So today we're going to talk
1: about raccoons.
0: Raccoons. Yes. Recommends the raccooning. Recommends the raccoon talk.
1: Um, The next section is accurately called...
0: Wait, 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 wait. Recommends the raccoon repartee. Oh, (laughs) bike.
1: Okay. The next section is accurately called pests... Or pets, question mark, because oh. I'm all about alliteration. All right. In many areas of the United States, raccoons are considered pests because they like bird eggs and they like to get into corn crops.
0: And because and really we like have moved into their area and, they and, they and like urbanized those
1: areas. And well, and so to be fair to the, the human idea, we have urbanized the the environment of many many native species. Yes. And not all of them are so bold to assume that they can just <laughs> then turn around and occupy our environment. True. Which I mean, I, you know me. I'm, lucky a, I'm a critter for us, person like good on you raccoons,
0: yeah, like do totally. what you need to do to survive. You were here first. But also please don't eat my cat.
1: And I mean they're not going to eat your cat. They don't really want to do with anything that big that puts up a fight. Also,
0: please don't eat my koi fish.
1: They might do that.
0: <sighs> wow.
1: <laughs> but, you know, it, it's hard for people that aren't animal people like us and, right. and haven't listened to this episode to understand where raccoons are coming from. This is
0: why you should share this episode and also CritterCast with all of your friends and family.
1: Exactly. You know, yeah. we, we just... It is what it is. But, uh, but yeah, so they're considered mm-hmm. pests by most of the United States they they also are considered pests because of their ability to carry lots of nasty oh, diseases. Oh yeah. Okay. Which honestly, even though even though that's not great for people, it's right. totally worse for them.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because they
1: are so susceptible to things our pets carry. Oh. So our dogs carry canine distemper, mm-hmm. parvovirus, and rabies. Right. And that can definitely affect all of those can affect raccoons. I did not know that they were susceptible to parvovirus and canine. I I knew about distemper, but I did not know about parvovirus. I knew about
0: rabies, but I didn't know about distemper or parvo. Yeah,
1: skunks can
0: too. Really? Mm -hmm. Huh. That's interesting because they're totally different species. I wouldn't Mm -hmm. have thought it could cross over that much, but I guess if cats and dogs can both get it, which cats can have their own version of Parvo. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So So. it's just that the, this particular like strain of that virus is, it's fits in well enough with their DNA that it can affect them. Okay. Um, and it sucks in the Eastern United States. Raccoons have actually overtaken skunks as the most popular
0: really um, vector for rabies. Oh yikes! Yeah, okay. that's not
1: true in our area. In okay, Northern good. California it's still bats, unfortunately. Yeah, um, um, we have
0: a lot of bats in the area too. That's so that's part understandable. of the thing is
1: that it's just more of yeah. them. Um, but yeah, in in eastern United States and yeah. like southern Canada.
0: Oh, poor babies!
1: So they've actually started trying to like Vaccinate? put out baited vac, like vaccine. Nice. Vaccines in bait. Wait, how do you do that? <laughs> I have no idea.
0: I'm so interested in Yeah, well, in because, this.
1: because ours, like, we give intramuscular vaccines. Right. We don't give... Oral vaccines. Now, there is such a thing as oral vaccines. Yeah. They are pretty risky and pretty, I, I don't know that they're like supremely effective. But if
0: it's but better than nothing. They're just trying
1: to build herd immunity. Right. So they're doing their best to try I and think bring that down. I think
0: that's brilliant and I love it and I Applaud would like to hear more about that. Who are right? On the board scientists with that. and the, yeah. the, the uh, particular Fish and website wildlife folks I
1: was looking at didn't have a lot of info yeah. on that in particular. If but you I'm sure
0: work a deeper as... search
1: would, <laughs> would get you there.
0: If you know anything about this or you work in this area or you know anyone who does, contact us. Because I want to hear more about how, how this happens and if there are ways we can use this for other types of animals. Yeah. Because could we adapt that for skunks? Could we adapt it for bats? Probably. Probably. I mean, we couldn't use the same vaccine, but...
1: I don't know. Uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, vaccines in smaller animals yeah, yeah, start yeah. to get risky. Yeah. But yeah. It's yeah. it is what it is with them. Um, there are also still areas in the United States and, mm-hmm. and throughout the world too, that they are hunted for their fur and mm-hmm. their meat. Sure. They were so crazy popular in fashion right. in the twentieth century, unfortunately, that they were introduced around the oh. world, specifically in France, the Netherlands, Germany, and Russia.
0: Oh, my gosh. Guess what? Did they take over? Now they're
1: massive pests yeah. in all well, four of those countries.
0: <laughs> there you go. Because they are survivors. Like I hope that raccoon hat was you, worth it. Right? <laughs> teaches
1: you to stop it. Yeah. Not worth it.
0: Introducing non-native species is just almost never without complications.
1: Yeah. I mean, it because any time you bring a new yeah. species into the equation you will set right. off the balance of the ecosystem right. and s- while sometimes it may be a minor effect and the ecosystem may be able yeah. to handle it most of the time especially if it's a large predator right like a raccoon
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. you're gonna
1: end up decimating smaller at end.
0: least some local population exactly
1: yeah. and also it's just gonna present a problem to people yeah because look those little guys go <laughs> yeah oh <Oof, laughs> they wow. are a nuisance Um, Plus, like I mentioned earlier, the warmer weather from climate change Mm -hmm. has led them to start spreading more just on the American continents. Sure. So we'll just see them more and more. Yeah. And they, they can adapt to the warm weather just fine
0: honestly probably a little bit better than we do
1: yeah i mean they do have they they are meant for colder weathers colder winters they do have that undercoat but are we gonna
0: start seeing more naked
1: (laughs) raccoons gross i hope not (laughs) i hope i don't like naked animals i really hope we don't um they they also are considered pests a lot of the places because they are aggressive when you, when they are provoked sure. and they're scared and they're freaked out, they don't run, they right. don't play dead. They fight. They, yeah. They yeah. don't drop their tail and run. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, they fight <laughs> and they're, they can be aggressive and they could be very difficult sure. to try and get out of a confrontation with. Yeah. Like not so much to each other, but to people for sure. I mean, Because they yeah. are just really not afraid of people like at all. They'll I mean, be like cautious about people sense. like any wild animals are, but Unlike most wild animals that really will do everything they can to avoid interacting with people, they will, like you said, straight up come to your back door and eat your cat food or like scratch at your window to let you feed them. Yeah. Because they've learned that's how to survive. Unfortunately, yep. And if people keep filming them for viral videos and making them look cute
0: and feeding them and, and giving them cotton candy,
1: yeah, then well, that wasn't as come
0: on, also that was that in was a zoo. really cute. <laughs> <laughs> so it's um, okay if it's really cute.
1: <laughs> they will just continue, <laughs> and to if done be. done by, by
0: zookeepers and people who actually know what the heck they're doing,
1: <laughs> well, there you go. Um, now them as pets, yeah, which I didn't realize was as much of a thing as it apparently is, yeah. It's thankfully, it's not like a crazy big thing. They are still illegal in many, many states.
0: Wait, they're legal to have as pets in, in some states? In several states. Really? Yeah. So
1: out of the, oh let's see, gosh. out of the 50 states, uh huh. I didn't write down the exact number, but I did write down that you can legally keep a raccoon as a pet in these states, but you have to have a permit or a license. Okay. Arizona... Delaware, Florida, Indiana, Florida, of course, Florida, (laughs) Maine, Missouri, Nevada, Ah, New Hampshire, Oklahoma, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, and South Dakota. So, what
0: you're telling me is that I'm not allowed to have a raccoon?
1: Um, Those are states in which you can legally own one with a permit. Okay. You can legally own one with a permit um, with. No restrictions in Wyoming, Wisconsin, Texas, South Carolina, North Dakota, New Mexico, Nebraska, and Illinois. Uh And in West Virginia, you can keep a raccoon as a pet because there are absolutely no laws prohibiting it. Oh. Um, There's just like nothing in their legislature about raccoons at all. And then in Michigan, Montana, and Ohio, you can own it. With no permit, like if you decide to own it, okay. but if you move in from another state oh. with your pet raccoon, you have to provide a permit, an entry permit, because it says that sure. a vet says it's healthy and that you can provide for it.
0: Yeah. You don't want to bring um, an unhealthy pet raccoon into a new state and infect new populations Yeah, when and you then take it out on walks.
1: In Idaho, you have to have an entry permit, but also if you were like already living there, And you want to obtain a raccoon, you have to be able to prove that you obtained it lawfully and that you didn't just, like, trap it and keep it.
0: What are the lawful ways to obtain a raccoon?
1: Well, apparently from one of these states where it's just fully legal. So... Wait, there's one more state. Okay. Arkansas does not require a permit for domesticating a wild animal.
0: Like any wild
1: animal? But it does place a limit on the number of wild animals you may keep as pets... My God. it is illegal to keep more than six bobcats coyotes deer red or gray foxes opossums quail rabbits squirrels or raccoons
0: yes. in arkansas
1: yeah but you can legally
0: own one no. to five
1: of any of those animals
0: don't though but don't
1: in all other states it is illegal to own raccoons
0: including california okay so we won't see any of his
1: pets here but like that's a crazy number of states that like yeah with a little bit of work you could just totally own a raccoon is
0: this just because is this because raccoons are chill with being kind of domesticated yeah or? i mean they're not domesticated at all right right but like coexisting with yeah.
1: people i think that is why it's kind of like the same as with ferrets and hedgehogs where they're not domesticated and so some and and they are like invasive and and nuisances yeah so some states are like nope wild animals cannot keep and other states are like well they're not presenting a danger to the public so as long as you can do it safely and you're not just like you know breeding them or anything like that which experts don't really agree with um for the reasons that even where it is legal to keep a raccoon. Right. They are wild animals. Yes. And they are extremely difficult to keep in captivity. Of course they are. As with all wild animals. And they're highly intelligent mm-hmm. wild animals. Yeah. Yeah. There have been several cases of, even if you raise like a baby, sure. they may be snuggly and cute and downright affectionate with right. you as a baby. And some of them could grow up and maintain that as adults. And some of them, even if you hand raise them, right. can turn into very aggressive, not social to of people, course. adult animals. Yes. It's said that even on a day-to-day basis, like... Like from one, one day, day to the maybe next, maybe be cuddly, and the next day they don't want anything to do with you. Sure, so you have to just have a whole separate room in your house for your raccoon for those days when he doesn't want to be your friend. <laughs> then you just don't open the room,
0: okay? But also, me would just don't have a raccoon. Now, the the exception, obviously, is if you are doing a wildlife rescue or rehabilitation, mm-hmm. and you have something that's injured that couldn't live on its own. And you're rehabilitating it. And you're or providing, licensed to rehabilitate Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you're providing a space for it to live out the rest of its life safely and, ha- and happily. Right. That's not what I'm talking about here. That's right. a totally different thing. Totally for that. But also, like, we have domesticated animals that can be pets for a reason. Right. And it's because they enjoy cohabitating with us. Ah, yeah. uh, Poppy, do you like mommy? If you like living with mommy, target. Well, they're <gasps> domestic because they've become dependent on us. Poppy says she loves living with me.
1: There's plenty. You forced that. Actually, she did not target you. You poked her in the nose. Yes. You good are so girl. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, I mean, that's a whole longer discussion. Like, yeah. domesticated animals are called domesticated because they have lived amongst humans for so long. They've become dependent on us. They can no longer survive on their own. Right. Without and human intervention. Some of them,
0: like cats, chose to domesticate themselves because it was an evolutionary It was benefit. convenient for them, okay?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes. And uh, and some of them we intentionally domesticated so that we could use them for our own purpose. Like yeah. Agricultural animals totally. like cattle and pigs and all right. those other
0: animals. And working dogs. Animals. hmm Yeah.
1: Um raccoons are not at all domesticated and they are not on the pathway to and domestication. I doubt they
0: would serve any particular function as a domesticated animal no, unless like not really things totally change. Yeah.
1: And granted, we're getting into really gray territory here as reptile reptile enthusiasts sure. and reptile owners. We are getting into pretty gray territory. Sure. The difference being Yes. It is much easier to provide what a reptile needs. Mm -hmm. They're more simple animals. Providing them with a healthy environment and everything they need mentally and physically yeah. is a lot simpler and more manageable in captivity yep. than it would be for a 40 pound raccoon. Oh my gosh. Yes. Who needs so much mental stimulation and enrichment yeah. because regularly they would just be wandering outside doing their own thing, eating all kinds of stuff, a huge variety of stuff, right. exploring all kinds of new places, getting into all kinds of trouble. And in your home, if you don't give them all of that, they will just find trouble.
0: So what I'm hearing is that raccoons are basically huskies.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> come on, huskies are domesticated animals, and they may be higher maintenance than other <laughs> dog breeds, but they are still dogs.
0: Accurate. Okay.
1: And raccoons are wild animals. Yes. Okay. Good we should point. not attempt to keep as pets, in my personal opinion. Granted, I've never taken care of a raccoon, so maybe I'm overestimating it. If you live somewhere where it's legal to keep a raccoon and you know someone who has a raccoon and it's going pretty well for them, please share your story. Please tell them to share oh their yeah, story. yeah, I want to hear all Because about I'm fascinated. That. And I love them. And in a dream yeah. world, I would love to have one of every animal I love as a <laughs> pet. I just understand that right. I, I really shouldn't. But I would love that. I mean, here's, here's the thing. I want to m- go to heaven and have my heaven just be like I have just one of everything I always wanted.
0: Just one? Just one. What you know if They me. get lonely. What if they're herd animals? No, just one. You can't have just one no, guinea because, pig.
1: Because then they're just friends with it's heaven, so I can. <laughs> and they and they could just be their herd is all the other animals. With Interspecies love is a, a real mother there in to heaven. protect the herd. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Okay. That sounds delightful exactly. and also really messy. Um and you don't have to clean up in heaven. <laughs> Oh my gosh! What more facts do you have for me?
1: More, I've got some like interesting news yes. about raccoons. I'm
0: here for Indeed. it. Although honestly, everything you've said has been really interesting. Raccoons are cool. They're very cool. They're,
1: there's nothing. The one thing about them is that there's not a ton that's like mind blowing.
0: Like with 57 hagfish. pounds. Well,
1: yeah. But you know what I mean. Like there's nothing that's like a big old surprise to yeah. us. Just because we in our area of the world know quite Pretty a bit familiar about with raccoons. Them. Yeah. But to learn more about those that share your backyard is important, That's right. think. So, interesting news. In Ottawa, which is in Canada... Canada I had to double check because I didn't know. Okay. Uh, There were a few recent reports, like literally last month. Oh, no. um, Of potentially rabid raccoons. Oh, yikes. Because citizens said that there were intoxicated looking raccoons hanging out on their porch. Oh, boy. And whenever a nocturnal animal is out during the day or is stumbling around or is acting strange, that is a sign sign. of concern for distemper or rabies. Sure. Um, Like if... If you've got skunks chasing people down the street in the middle of the day. Yeah, that's not a normal
0: skunk behavior. They are sick, exactly.
1: Um, And a a similar story was reported in West Virginia last November. Okay. Turns out they appeared intoxicated because they were, in fact, (laughs) little drunk raccoons. Because they were eating rotten crab apples and other rotten foods that had fermented. Oh. So they were... Drunk little day drinkers. Oh my gosh. And that's why they were awake during the day being weird and wobbly and intoxicated.
0: Those little lushes. (laughs) Go home to your families. (laughs) So
1: experts in the areas advised when you see them acting in this particular way, just ignore them and let them sleep it off. (laughs) (laughs) And hopefully they won't get into those particular fruits
0: again. I really hope that they made signs to put up around. Like (laughs) if you see... A drunk.
1: It's actually just like raccoon. pictures of these particular ones. Yeah. Like crazy bobs at it again. Yeah. Like just be yeah. aware.
0: Yeah. Just don't hit him. Leave him alone. Let him sleep it off. He'll he'll do his thing. Go yeah. home. Yep. Don't call the cops. Yeah. He doesn't need to be in a drunk tank.
1: It just everyone was like, wow, these raccoons are so relatable. I was like, I mean, okay. <laughs> I mean,
0: okay. How often are people going and getting drunk off of fermented crab apples? Because that <laughs> does not seem relatable. No, it to sounds me. gross yeah. too.
1: Gross. <laughs> oh my gosh. The other, the other really interesting news article, which yeah. was, it's not really a news article. It was a, it was an adapted article from the, the UC Davis one, um, health magazine yeah. back in 2016, which talked about how raccoons have started becoming infected with this virus called the pallioma virus. Okay. P-A-L-Y-O-M-A-V-I-R-U-S. Okay. Which is in the same family as the HPV virus, which oh. causes cervical cancer yeah. in, in female humans. Yikes. Um, it And it causes, in raccoons, nasal tumors that put oh, no. pressure on their brain and will affect their behavior so that they kind of start looking like zombie raccoons. Oh, like, they'll be out during the day and oh be, like, no. wandering and just, like, oh really no. lethargic. It started because this one UC Davis employee was, like, out on leave and he was sitting and he watched a raccoon just walk up to his cat in the backyard and just, like, stand there nose to nose with his cat and, like, not do anything. And he was like, this seems abnormal. Yeah. So he went to Dr. Patricia Pesavento. Um, at UC Davis, she's a a vet at the UC Davis Vet Hospital who studies among many other viruses and, and conditions and disease control studied this virus in raccoons. Oh my gosh. And they they had c- gotten as far in 2016 when this was published. They had gotten as far as definitely linking the virus to the nasal tumors and wow. to that condition. Okay. But they hadn't they were still on the case. They hadn't finished a bunch. Okay. But she is still works at UC Davis and is still publishing stuff. So if you're interested in that, you can definitely look her up. Dr. Yeah. Patricia Pesavento at UC Davis, um, and her lab is still publishing works how regularly. How cool!
0: So, is this is this a virus that affects other types of animals too? Do you think it's specific to raccoons? Wow. This particular one,
1: but it is an, in a family of viruses because that's kind of how viruses okay. work. Is yeah. that they like similar viruses we group the, together into sure. families and. While some can be communicated from species to species, a lot of them, all it takes is a, a minor adaption. Right. And while it may be a different virus, they're closely related. Right. And they affect us in similar ways.
0: Viruses are weird. Viruses are super weird, and zombie viruses freak me out, but also <laughs> fascinating. To be me. fair, it's
1: not a zombie virus. It's not like a prion right. affecting the brain or anything like right. that. It was. It's just causing tumors that put pressure on the brain,
0: which makes them act like, like zombies. zombies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. That it's not mad cow disease. It's so, creepy you know. to me. That's that's creepy. <laughs> it is. Yeah. No, thank you. The last and thing. So wait, another thing I okay. took from that is that we have zombie raccoons here in davis like i could see that
1: yeah that wasn't that was a couple years ago i don't know what progress has been made to help these raccoons
0: Yikes. i really hope we're helping the raccoons yeah
1: you know i don't see i know we have raccoons in this area i don't see them super often i think we just particularly live in a little area that is right not highly populated by raccoons mm-hmm. i did see them once just hanging out in a tree in a park
0: during the very day odd
1: no, it was like dusk. Oh, okay. But yeah, I was just like, hmm. And it was in Davis. Yeah. I was like, all right, just keep walking. Yeah. I ignore them. I see <laughs> Don't skunks. make eye contact. I see skunks far more often oh, than I see Oh, way more raccoons, often. Yeah. Which is not a good sign either. Please go away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the last piece of interesting news, actually, when I was just searching for like raccoons in my uh-huh. area, most things that pop up are like government websites, telling you how to deal with raccoons in your area. Sure. So, of course, I had to look at the City of Sacramento's website. Okay. And I actually really liked, like, they have, all, you know, ideas for deterrence and all that. Sure. But they preface it with a little section, and this is a direct quote from the City of Sacramento website that says, the first and best approach to dealing with wildlife in urban environments is to practice tolerance, Aww. understanding, and acceptance of the nature natural patterns of animal life and respect and appreciation of wild animals. As useful as the repellents and scare devices described below may be, they all create inconvenience." and displacement or even death for the raccoons and perhaps other species as well right. this fact is paramount when considering their use
0: yeah which i
1: just like really respected the city for yeah. putting that out there before just being like yes we know their problems here's how to get rid of them yeah you see it so often particularly with like feral cats mm-hmm. which are a human created problem yep just like animals living in our environment when we first interrupted their environment, oh yeah. a human created problem. Absolutely. Um, but you see so often that people go straight to the, you know, spray them with water, right. put, put these things on your property to keep them away. Yeah. And while I agree that's still more humane than hurting them or killing them mm-hmm. or trapping them and dumping them miles away where they yeah. have zero chance of survival, we need to learn tolerance for right. the animals that we are inconveniencing, right, all the time. Yeah, like we are destroying their environment. Absolutely, and we need to learn how to coexist with them yeah. without harming them. Yeah, and a lot of the deterrents that we use, even though they may seem more humane on the surface, right, cause harm to them and or to other animals and, in the yeah, ecosystem. Absolutely. So we are the evolved ones. We are the ones that started yeah. all these problems. Yep. It's our responsibility to learn tolerance
0: and also maybe to think about. More sustainable building projects and ways that we can better coexist with the wildlife that we're pushing out of
1: all over the world. Yeah. Like, not just in areas where you, the listeners, or us, the hosts, may occupy, but all over the world. There's a lot of really sad stuff happening all the time. Yeah. And it's not going to get better, you know, one magic change of presidency as much as we wish or you know a change of Uh. it it takes the whole world's mindset changing and then policy changing bit by bit yeah it's not a
0: it's an incremental thing
1: there is no instant fix for this but you as our lovely critter loving listeners can can take steps in your everyday life to learn to appreciate especially your native species learn to coexist with them peacefully you know, if you don't want them getting into your trash, look. If you live in an area where they're commonly into your trash, right? There are specific trash cans designed that are much harder for those sure. smarter little things to get into. Sure. Um. And and also like reduce your waste a little bit. Right. Have right. things that it's not a huge deal if they get into. Yeah. You. Yeah. There's yeah. Maybe so many have like some do.
0: compostables in a separate thing so that they can like take from that and then. Maybe leave your other trash alone. I don't know, I don't, know. I don't necessarily like an want to force them to, to the come at you. <laughs> gods. Like, you know how they used to offer a sacrifice to the dragons to oh be like, gosh. here, eat this one and leave the rest of our village alone. Yeah. We can do that for raccoons.
1: Oh, sounds good.
0: Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah.
1: My <laughs> gosh. I still, with, like, even after looking into like all the ways that they can be pests and all the ways that they can carry disease, I still think they're freaking cute as heck.
0: They man. are really freaking cute.
1: I like can't get over it. The it's little the hands. hands. It's the hands. It's the hands.
0: The hands and also their face is yes. just adorable. They do have
1: really cute look because they're little pointy noses. Yep. And like I I never liked the Disney movie Pocahontas. Like I I oh, yeah. think even as a child I could really sense <laughs> the racism, you know?
0: <laughs> um, the pervasive aura uh, of, race, of yeah, racism. Yeah. Just like nastiness going on. But Miko, oh my gosh. without a doubt, one so of my freaking favorite
1: cute. Disney side yep. because that little thing is so, and yeah. then he gets the little biscuits yep. and then he's like, that's, yep. oh my gosh,
0: yep. so cute. And then Very he shares cute. them with
1: his hummingbird friend because, Aww. you know, friend to the animals. That's right. Raccoons. <laughs> I don't know that that's They accurate. had
0: a symbiotic relationship, okay? It's
1: fine. Oh my <laughs> gosh, Miko. So cute. Aww. Now, anytime I see like a you know, like a little stripy kitten, you're just like a gray stripy kitten. It's like, like, a like, Miko. Miko. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. Or like a little, I don't know. There's not many dogs that look kind of like that, but no. either way.
0: Except for raccoon dogs. And we'll talk about that in a different episode. Oof.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We, there's so much more we could get into with raccoons, but I knew yeah. that even just covering the basics yeah. was going to be no, a, a full episode. Really cool. Ugh, theres I know. I almost didn't include the stuff about uh, all the studies at UC Davis about the virus, but I was like, nah, that's too that's, interesting. No, that's it's too so close cool. to home. Yeah. Like we had to definitely. go Definitely. Um, but it, we, are, we are now ready to shift into the CritterCast update portion of the episode. <gasps> Yay! Hopefully you all stick around because you're invested in us and as a podcast and our journey into doing more yeah. fun things and spreading more awesome information about animals.
0: And also you probably want to hear about bonus contents and Absolutely. additional opportunities to enjoy crittercast ness
1: y- Yes, yeah. CritterCast-ness.
0: Critter cast, critter, critter show, right oh my yes. gosh!
1: Well, the first announcement, of course, yeah, that we briefly alluded to in our last mm-hmm. episode is that we are going to officially be at the Sacramento <gasps> Reptile Show. <laughs> That is September 28th and the 29th. Yep. On Saturday, the 28th, it's from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. And mm-hmm. On Sunday, the 29th, it's from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Because, yep. you know, they got to start the cleanup. And it is at the Cal Expo. Mm-hmm. At the Cal Expo Center. So it's going to be huge. Well, it's in one pavilion next okay. to the horse race track, but it's still a much bigger space than Yay. they've been working with at the convention center. So
0: exciting. And, and hopefully be parking is easier. Plentiful parking. Yeah. Because
1: yeah. the, the Cal Expo Center is set to hold yes. the state fair. So Yeah. There's plenty of parking there. Yeah. Um, super awesome. If you buy your advance tickets online, uh-huh. you actually get access to the show 30 minutes early. Ooh, that's before exciting. The, before the, the gates open to people that are nice. coming in that day. Which yeah. is, if you guys have ever been to the uh, SAC Reptile Show is the biggest reptile show in Northern it's California.
0: an amazing reptile it's show. massive.
1: Hun- more than 100 vendors. It's the like, first
0: one we ever went to. Mm-hmm. Right?
1: Yeah. And it, it can be overwhelming. But if you yeah. were to get in there a half hour early.
0: Yes. And, It'd be go so and check much it nicer. out. Yeah. And we'll
1: be in a bigger space mm-hmm. as well. But you can buy advanced tickets on their website, which is sacreptileshow.com.
0: Okay. Do you know how much tickets are if uh, you buy them in advance?
1: I got to double check. I
0: think it's it's not I that think bad. It's, like, it's 12. like 12. Yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah it's I like think 12
1: so. or 15. But check their website. They have all the info that you yeah. need. Yeah. We are super super grateful for them.
0: We're so excited because this is something that is only made possible by their generous donation. Yeah. Do so you want
1: Yeah. They're actually donating the booth space to us. Usually they are more than willing to donate booth space to educational nonprofits because right. this show in particular, they put a heavy emphasis on conservation and education, not just on the vendors and, and purchasing. Obviously, they've got plenty of that going on, too. Um, but I I reached out to the people who run the show because I have a, a working relationship with them for my job. Right. Um, and we were just chatting about reptiles and I mentioned the podcast and they said that they would be more than happy to have us as an educational vendor it's at amazing. no cost, even though we're not a registered nonprofit, which is super amazing of them to so recognize fantastic. our educational mission. Yeah. Um, and we will be happy to come out to that show and just do a bunch of education probably out of respect of them donating this space, which is worth, by the way, $375. It's amazing
0: for them to be putting so much focus on education and outreach. That's so great. But also, like, thanks, you guys. Yeah.
1: So out of respect of them making that donation, we won't be, like, bringing items to, like, push to sell or anything like that. But we will be, of course, bringing all of our educational materials Mm -hmm. that are always free to visitors.
0: Our reptile resources,
1: Mm -hmm. our care sheets. Our animals will be out there letting you get an up close and personal yeah. look with these we'll try to bring as many as we can especially because this show is so much closer so for close. us um we we don't have to worry so much about like who's gonna travel well and who's right. not maybe yeah. we'll even break out the crested gecko for viewing oh, purposes only so fun. yeah <laughs> not yeah. for holding no he does not like it <laughs> he'll just get off. he'll get out <laughs> But you know we're gonna we're gonna go big with this one. Yeah, we will have all the all the normal stuff, but we're we'll gonna have be really some giveaways exciting. too. We'll have yeah. some
0: posts on social media, so definitely stay tuned into our social media mm-hmm. in the weeks coming up to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't forget gonna to say out. thank you to them for yes. hosting us.
1: We're so excited.
0: Yeah, actually, just stop what you're doing right now. We'll not stop listening to us. Stop what you're doing after you finish listening to this episode, and. Send them a quick Facebook message and just say, hey, thank you for sponsoring CritterCast.
1: Yeah. That would be... I think they would love that. Yeah. That would be so great. Um, other news in the CritterCast world, Patreon exclusive yeah. episodes. So for those of you that are not in the loop, how... Okay, here we go. Yeah. Patreon is a wonderful platform where content creators can connect with their supporters and uh, offer a little extra incentives mm-hmm. if their supporters are feeling super generous and want to see what they do continue. That's right. So you can choose to donate anywhere from a dollar all the way up to I mean, theoretically it's unlimited. I think our structured tiers go
0: to twenty-five dollars yeah. a month, which we oof. know you have to, you know, pay rent and buy food too. So yeah. but if you don't love what all we your do money. and
1: you wanna support us and you want to see us be able to continue right. to grow and do shows and upgrade equipment and yeah. all that fancy stuff. And Krina, how do we use this money <laughs> again <laughs> to go to reptile shows yes. to recoup those costs, <laughs> to buy care sheets to then give to you? Yep. To buy stickers and
0: postcards mm-hmm. to give to
1: you. Uh, it does not go in our pockets. No, it, we, it just it I, just
0: helps us. I did use a little bit of money from the last time for gas well, to get you to go. the San Jose Reptile Expo.
1: <laughs> it does happen sometimes, yeah. but it's all in support of our educational mission and yeah. spreading our love for animals, totally, and hopefully your love for animals as well. Yeah. And as extra, just as, as it's not even an incentive, as a thank you for your gift on Absolutely. Patreon, you get an extra episode every month, all about a magical creature mm, of our right. choosing or your choosing. We haven't gotten any suggestions Ooh, yeah, yet. Send like, a suggestion. Send them in. So far, we have talked about unicorns uh-huh. and dragons uh-huh. and this, lake monsters. Yes, lake monsters.
0: Yay! Not from Loch Ness. Just saying. Tahoe Tessie. Um, if so you haven't our, heard about her, you gotta listen and find out because it is gonna blow your mind. Or not. <laughs>
1: wow. Our August episode was late, so it went out in September. It is up now by the time you're listening to this. And our actual September episode will go up later this month as well, and then we'll be fully caught up. And we'll have four Patreon-exclusive episodes. If you're like, what the heck are you guys even talking about? How are you going to do a CritterCast episode about a magical creature? (laughs) There is a preview of our Unicorn episode available to all. Listen to it. Get a feel. And if you really like it, join us on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash CritterCast. We would love to have you. As always, please send all of your suggestions for animals we should cover, things we could talk about, fun stuff, follow ups. If you listen to an episode and you're like, "Oh, they totally forgot about this," oh yeah, tell us.
0: Also, tweet us with all of your pictures of raccoons Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. And also, anytime you have like a cute dog picture or a cat picture or a reptile picture or a spider picture. Anything? Yeah, Karina wants to see those spiders.
1: Really? Yeah. Give me the cute spiders. She really does. And thank you. She's
0: not kidding. I'm not lying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where can they find us on Twitter? Well, they can find us at Cast Critter on and Twitter. In, yes, and Instagram at CritterCast Podcast, and Facebook at CritterCast, and our website CritterCast Podcast. Com. There you go. And if you want to email us, get in touch with us. If you have any questions about animals that we haven't talked about yet or you have follow-up questions or you want to chat about maybe um, coming on the show to talk about an animal you're passionate about or you want to have us on your show.
1: Like Pops and Pup Culture or mm-hmm. uh, Pups and Pop Culture uh-huh. or the Humane Roundup did most That's recently. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Then
0: hit us up at CritterCastPodcast at gmail.com.
1: Excellent. Those are all the ways you can get a hold of us. Never hesitate to reach out. We're always happy to hear from you. And until next time, be the people that...
0: Leave water out for honeybees.
1: Oh, those are the best kind of people. Those are the
0: best kind of people. Oh, my gosh. And you know you're that person. I know you're that person. I see it in your heart.
1: (laughs) See you later, alligator.
0: After a while, crocodile.
1: This is the or cast